the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Hello and welcome. This is the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Hope you've had a great day. The sun is shining in Adelaide and why wouldn't you love to be in this beautiful city of ours? Um, sound a little bit like someone else then. Uh, my name's Paul Bonzer. Alongside me, Dan Menzel. G'day, Menz. G'day, Bonds. Uh, I agree with you. Beautiful city. It's a great place. There's plenty happening in Adelaide, but also around the world. And we've got a bit to bring to everyone tonight. We've got a lot. Um Ryan Tunnicliffe, he's a new English player playing for Adelaide United. He's settled in beautifully. We're going to have a chat to him after 6.30. Grew up in Manchester, so I'm looking forward to asking him about Manchester, that rivalry there, and how that experience was. Yeah, so he, yeah, Manchester United, he's played for some big clubs. Oh, nice resume. Fulham and, yeah, Luton Town. Luton Town. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Toddy Gray will be here to give us some of his. Better tips, we hope. Yeah, uh, Toddy, we want a really good summer from you, all right? Well, he didn't have the best summer last year, did he? No. So he, we're going to put the pressure on him. A bit hit and miss. He did pick the Adelaide Cup winner. He did. Um, so let's, he's in some good form. You can be part of the show as well. Get on the Just Quality Home Improvements open line, one 736 736 Give us a call or you can text in on 0427 or if you've got the SENSA app, just uh, go to the little tab there and you can text through. Just press one button and it comes through to us. Time to get to the hot topic, men's. Uh, thanks to Gear to save Time and water, Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. I think the hot topic today, Bonds, it has to be Port Adelaide and Adelaide, the potential of them leaving the Sandford competition. That has been all the talk today. It has. And what that will mean for the Sandful, what that will mean for the AFL teams as well. But um, it is massive news here in Adelaide and not a lot going on in the AFL, but this has been the talk of the town today. It's interesting that it's come out now um, it just seems there must be a reason like these things don't happen unless maybe someone was asked a question and probably shouldn't have answered the way they should have but it's is it for most people Dan and and you were obviously part of the sample recently is it inevitable like is that the way it was seen that that Port and the Crows would become part of a AFL reserves competition? Oh, look, I don't think it's inevitable. It, it, there's been a lot of conjecture and talk about it over the last few years that uh, that might be the way it goes. But at the same time, look, there's a lot of logistics that have to go into it to have a national reserves competition for the AFL. Mm. Uh, and so I, I haven't thought it's inevitable, but it sounds like Matthew Richardson from Port Adelaide potentially thinks that that it might be inevitable. Well, let's have a listen. Yes, absolutely. There's a licence agreement in place for um, Port Adelaide to play in the SNFL until 2028. What we would say, though, is that this should be about what's best for football. That's actually, I think we would all agree that the structure that's in in place at the moment is suboptimal for both parties. Um, Not sure about the timeline, but let's actually work out what's best for football in South Australia and nationally. And then, really, the money we can—I'm sure we can work that after work that out afterwards. But this should be about what's best for football. Okay. Look, I think inevitably the differences are getting bigger and bigger. So I think inevitably the best thing for um, the game nationally is that there is a national reserves competition. Um, and then what you can do is you can then work out what is best for the state leagues and the leagues that work below that. 
CEO of Port Adelaide Power, Matthew Richardson, there talking about uh, the sample competition not having the power and not having the crows in it in the future and it could happen as early as 2025 uh, is, is some of the talk. So, look, what does that do to the sample bonds? It hurts the sample. Initially, it yep. hurts the sample because there's a, fin- a financial gain to every club in the sample with the two AFL teams playing in it. Yep. There's support from Channel 7 because the AFL teams are part of the competition. Does that exist after this, if they leave yeah, the competition? It's a, it's a really good really good question. Um, I the, the only two states who aren't part of it now are WA, yep. so West Coast, Frio, Crows, Port, are yep. the only teams not playing in the current VFL. Yep. The VFL will change to become the AFL Reserves. It's a great yes. point you make because if you think about the broadcasters and you think about Channel 7, you go, do they play the National Reserves competition on TV or will they play the local comp here, the Sample? Now, I'm not sure which way you potentially go. I know a lot of supporters here in Adelaide would want to see the Sample because they barrack for those teams. Yes. But at the same time, you've got a lot of diehard Adelaide and Port fans that would like to see their reserves playing on the TV as well. So... How does that look? Where does potentially Foxtel come into it and other streaming services? Um, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. But if Port Adelaide does leave the sample, that will be the end of a 146-year run in the sample for the Port Adelaide Football Club. It'll be a little sad for a lot of people, and um, but there's still this groundswell of people that don't want them in the competition. Um, one of our regulars, Troy, is on the line. He wants to have a chat. Troy, welcome to Sports ASA. Oh, isn't that a lovely Summer, hey! It is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. How you going, boys? Good. Going well, Troy. What have you hey, got? What have you um, got? I got. I've got a bit of a gag for you. You, you blokes, remember Don Pike? He's been selected as the CEO for the West Coast Eagles. Yes. And um, I believe I had a meeting last late last night, and the first thing he said is, "There's not going to be any camping down at Margaret River pre-season." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> uh, tr- yeah, I'm, I, I think I might get away with that over there, but <laughs> I'll give it a go tonight. And if you don't hear from me, you know what happened. <laughs> hey, boys, with the Resi competition for the AFL, would you think that they'd, how many players minimum would they need? Because you need 23. Well, there's 46 if you've got two competition going, what, what would you need, 55, 60? It's a, it's a great point, Troy, uh, and I did think of this before we came on air because you're going to have, on any given day throughout the season, probably 10 injuries, spawns, yes. you'll have some carryover players as yes. well, emergencies. So effectively, it means that AFL lists aren't anywhere near big enough to be able to fill these teams. So then you're going to have uh, potentially country or amateur footballers filling the, the spots as well. So, uh, Well, there, there'll be top-up players, I think, yeah, for, there has ev- to be. for every club, and there is now so yep. currently there's 44 players on the list so the v- the teams that are in the VFL now have top up players yep so it'll be exactly the same as what's in the sample now it will but and there'll be rules around that well that that's the one the question is the rules around it because if I am a top up player and I can play for Woodville West Torrens or I can go and play for Adelaide's reserves team, what are the rules around it? Whether it be payments, whether it be opportunities moving forward, uh, there's a lot of things. I think there'll be real competition between sample clubs and these top-up players and Adelaide and Port. Do you think there will be, and Troy, thanks for your call, mate. Um, do you think there will be a, a focus on the youth to bring some kids into this competition as well so they're basically blooding their young kids through this 
reserves competition, oh. just just like the old days. Yeah, I think it's inevitable because they'll sell the potential draft, uh, the potential uh, spot on an AFL list. If you come to us for a year in our reserves team, then you get to showcase your skills in front of our, all of our recruiters and our footy club. Uh, but then at the same time, again, it depends on salary cap's going to be a part of this with the sample and, and how top-up players are remunerated as well. Uh, that's mm. definitely going to come into this. So uh, I'm very interested to know what will happen with the bargaining agreement with the media with with how this all looks in terms of streaming wise because I think they'll play a big role in it interestingly David Koch got asked a few questions about it and he just mentioned that Port Adelaide's reserves team needs to be playing in the best second tier competition in Australia now there's a fair argument the sample is the best second tier competition in Australia but I think that is it's a little bit of a whack that we need to be playing against all the other reserves teams from the other from the eastern seaboard yeah I think it's going to happen and and it is going to hurt the sample initially but uh, um, and got a text in here men's boys I'm absolutely shattered that the magpies are leaving and I'm a long time Roosters supporter yeah exactly I, I feel that way and I feel those thoughts from sample fans the thing I would say to the sample in particular is Bonds, I hope they don't roll over if this is the case. I hope it's not, okay, well, this is the national comp. We now fall underneath that, and so be it. You still have to absolutely market your game, market your league, because there's still a lot of passionate supporters out there and a lot of players that love playing in the sample. So you've got to remunerate these players. You've got to look after the league and make sure you continue to promote it, because otherwise it will spiral, unfortunately, with something like this happening. There was no name on that text, so don't forget when you text in on 0427154166 to put your name on it so we can give you a shout out. Uh, time for the good oil. Uh, thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested, and first cold pressed in Northern Victoria men's. I World watched, Series, yes. Hey? Uh, we both watched it today. The World Series in baseball, uh, it was completed today. Texas beat the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Texas Rangers won five to nothing, five nil today, to win the World Series four to one. Corey Seager was named MVP. He was absolutely outstanding. Uh, in game one, they were down three to five uh, going into the ninth innings, and he hit a two-run home run to take it a five apiece, and then they won 6-5. So a massive reason why they won the World Series, Corey Seager, the MVP. Yes. 11 away wins. We mentioned it last night. They had 10. In the postseason this year, they went 11-0 and away from home. And Texas's first win. The World Series. 64 years they've been yes, around. yeah. And the first time they've won the World Series. Love seeing uh, clubs and teams win uh, that have never, ever had that feeling before and had that win before. So it is. It's incredible. Texas, they lost over 100 games only two years ago. They were 60 and 104 or something it was. So it's a, it's a 102. So it's an incredible turnaround. And what well done to the Texas Rangers who have won the Major League Baseball World Series today. And they had a lot of fans back in their stadium. They get crossing I back love to that. the fans love and jumping up and down and hugging each other at the end there. They, they did. And I've always thought that when you watch a team that wins away from home, it's not great for their fans, but they had them at their own That's arena. Right. Uh, That's the good oil thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. Um, Coming up on the show, Ryan Tunnicliffe, Toddy Gray. Um, We're here for Lumo Energy. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. This is the summer edition of Sports Day SA. We'll be back soon. 
Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Summer edition of Sports ASA. Paul Bonds and Dan Menzel with you. Hope you're having a great day and you can be part of the show. Just jump on the Just Quality Home Improvements open line, one 736 736 or text in on 0427 Just like Big Duff has, men's. Oh, what's he so, got? So, uh, Big Duff. How are you going, fellas? Big Duff here from Largs North. Good on you, Big Duff. Uh, how's the whack the Aussie cricketers just got with Marsh and Maxwell out? Blessings to Mitch Marsh and his family. Go Aussies. Love that text from Big Duff. Don't just text Big Duff as well. Give us a call. We'd love to have a chat with you and anyone else that wants to join us on the show. Yeah, be part of the show. And uh, speaking of being part of the show, we love chatting to this guy. Uh, Todd Gray from Greyhound Racing SA. No one runs the dogs like South Australia. G'day, Toddy. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, Legends. But more importantly, how are yourselves? Oh, we're good. We're back in the chair after uh, having well, the winter Toddy. off. So uh, we're feeling good. Oh, good. Well, then, happy days. We've got the trifecta. We're all happy. <laughs> exactly, Toddy. We knew you'd be up and about, as you should. As you we mentioned at the start of the show, that you picked the Adelaide Cup winner only a few weeks ago, so we're expecting you to be in fine form this summer. So what have you got for us tonight as your best bet? Uh, my best bet tonight, lads, is a dog which, uh, well, she's becoming a bit of a regular on this show. Race five, number two, Dashing Deb. Um, look, this is a good race tonight. Now, but with both these selections, unfortunately, they're both uh, only two dividend races. Um, I, I'd like to... I want to back them both each way. I'd like to have three dividends, but I'd also like to have a six-pack, lads. And in both situations, <laughs> we've got to work with what we got. We've only got two dividends tonight. But with Deb, look, I think she leads again tonight. When she leads, she goes very well. When she doesn't, it's a bit of heart-in-your-mouth stuff and you just got to hope she can get the right run. But as good as this race is, I cannot see why she won't lob straight on the lure tonight. Uh, 5.95 is her favourite distance. She's drawn box two. Um, she wants to get the inside. She should just ping and really give him some curry out front. So race five, number two, Dashing Deb to ideally lead all the way. That's the first one, gentlemen. I like that at $5, Dashing Deb. Uh, what's your second pick you've got for us tonight, Toddy? Well, this next one might be a bit ambitious, but I wasn't expecting double figures, and that's race seven, number four, Whiskey Soda. Now, um, she's only had the one run back since a bit of a layoff. About four months she spent on the sidelines with a minor injury, and she came back beautifully. Um, her, her win last start up the Murray Bridge straight track, look, time-wise wasn't flash, but effort-wise was amazing. She had box eight. She don't like box eight. She's a box one dog. And all she wanted to do was get to the inside, and she caught more checks than a bank did trying to get to the inside. But once she did, she absolutely put the pedal to the metal and just blew away what was a pretty handy field. Uh, the step-up in distance is not a concern. She's won over the 600-metre trip. Um, so she'll be good, right as range. She should only be better for that run up the straight track. She was very impressive. This favourite is going to be hard to beat, but there's enough speed in the race to maybe test it a little bit early and take it on. And there'll be a couple of tired dogs here. A few dummies might get stuck if they don't lead. Some white flags will be waved the last 100 metres, but not with Whiskey Soda. She hits the line very well. So race seven, number four, Whiskey Soda. Again, we'll go each way and um, just hope the old uh, no third divin doesn't come back to bite us in the bum. Yes, Speaking of coming back to bite us in the bum, uh, our regular listeners will know that uh, in this race, Basil Brush Rose is also <laughs> racing in it and you haven't selected it again. Uh, this could be the next chapter of the old, the Ballad of Basil Brush, I've called it. Honestly, I will regale my grandkids for many years to come about this dog. Look, if anything, look, Basil should do us a favour tonight. He's drawn box five with whiskey soda in four. Now, Basil normally does his tax returns in the boxes, as we've all seen. He comes out very, very slow. 
But he, if he knows, no one tell Basil I've tipped the Ford dog because this might be the one night. If he if he cops wind of it, he might decide to jump tonight and put a bit of pressure on us early. So just no one tell Basil. All right, all right, no one does. I don't know how he finds out this information, but he does somehow. This dog, like I said, I had normal blood pressure before this dog started racing. I could go on forever and a day. If Sam's in the studio, tell him to stop chuckling because I bet he is. <laughs> he, so is. Hopefully, he is. And, yep. There'll be a, yeah, I knew he would be, but no, there'll be another time for Basil. I'll guarantee you one thing, as much as I've just sucked about the dog, I will be tipping him again before the end of the year. I guarantee it. Toddy, we love your work. Thanks for joining us again, and we'll speak to you again next week. Sounds like a plan to me, legend. Thanks for having me as always. Cheers. Imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelpline.org.au. Don't we love Todd? We do love Todd. And uh, he does a terrific job, mm. as does uh, SA Greyhounds and Angle Park. We got out there for the Adelaide Cup. And uh, it's always a great evening at the Dogs and uh, down there at Angle Park tonight. Men, um, there was a, a question just posed to us as well on the text line. No name again, uh, but could the AFL merge with the Sample and bring the Sample clubs into national resis and have like two tiers like the EPL? Oh, I mean, I love that concept. I think it would be be amazing for well for Sample um, clubs to then be able to try and compete against the AFL clubs. Um, I just I don't see it happening because of logistically how it would yep. work. You'd have a Central Districts playing against a Brisbane Lions reserves team. It's a lot of travel. It's a lot of money and financial outlay for the AFL. I don't see it happening, but I do love the concept. Let me throw this one at you. Go. Should Is there any amateur clubs in Adelaide that are big enough to jump up to the next level and join the sample. Could there be an Adelaide Hills team playing out of the new venue at Mount Barker? That would be... That would be unbelievable to see. I would love to see that because you're effectively you've got a semi-professional club in the sample against an amateur club. So it would be run so differently. It'd be like the EPL. It'd be like the FA Cup where yeah. you've got a Liverpool taking on a League Two side. Yeah. So Goody Saints, let's yep. just pick a club, come... Um, Norwood. Yeah. Yep. Come and take on Nord. I would love to see it happen. I, I don't, it will never happen. I don't think it will ever happen, unfortunately, because it just is too difficult in terms of all the logistics to it. Uh, amateur players have obviously got full time jobs as well. There's a lot of things that come with it, but I, I would love some sort of like cup competition where you do have the crossover. Right. Yes. So let's do a, a sample footy footy trophy mid-season well think about think about you've got your sample teams you've yeah. got your div one in the amateur league and then you've got your country teams as well and and you have a cup effectively so where knockout competition it, uh, I mean it'd be hard but it'd be very very good to watch sort of like the FA Cup yeah. it'd be uh, it'd be amazing as a it? player they're the games you would want to play they're yeah. the games you would get yourself up for. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're playing against this team we'd never play against. If we get through them, we play a sample team. It would be enthralling. They do it in soccer local locally as there's well. A, there's so an idea for you, the sample. Pre-season. <laughs> From Bonds and Men's. It'd work. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll send you the invoice as well. <laughs> Beaumont Tiles are giving away a trip to, for two to America's biggest footy game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Coming up uh, after the break, we're going to speak to Adelaide United's Ryan Tunnicliffe. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV, Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. 
Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. And uh, you can be part of the show as well. Open line 1300 736 736 or text in 0427 154 166. Thanks to Just Quality Home Improvements. And men's, we've got a great guest. Uh, these guys have started really well. Really uh, Adelaide well. United, they're flying. Thanks to Tire Power, Holiday Getaway Sale. It's on now with huge value on selected Falcon passenger and SUV tyres. Welcome to Sports ASA, Ryan Tunnicliffe. Welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. Now, before we get uh, sort of into the footy stuff, I wanted to ask you about your move to Adelaide and how you ended up here. Um, yeah, it was uh, obviously the, the club wanted me and, and I wanted to make the move. So uh, it was sort of a long time coming over the summer, brought everything going to place and, and thankfully we got it done. So Ryan, is this the first time you've been out to Australia? Yeah, this is the first time I've been. So um, pretty brave to, to make the move and, and move the whole family over. But I've uh, loved every minute of it so far. Yeah, that's a huge call. And um, we're wrapped to have you. How have you found the city of Adelaide, the weather, a little bit warmer potentially than Manchester? Uh, yeah, obviously, the weather is a no-brainer. Um, although it's not been as warm as, as I was told, but I'm told that summer's coming and 40 degrees is, is no joke. So I'm sure I'll feel it when that hits. And um, yeah, the city's... City's brilliant. Um, it's nice. It's it's chill. It's not hustle and bustle, and, and obviously there's some fantastic beaches. So the lifestyles is a uh, cherry on the top. Yeah, it certainly is, and it certainly will get warmer now. Before we get into your Adelaide United start of your career here, I just want to take you back a little bit and uh, mention a couple of clubs you played for. Millwall, you played 51 matches there. Luton Town, 64, and Portsmouth, 60. Um, I just want to ask yeah. you, well, Fulham as well was the other main one, but I want to ask you about those clubs, and in particular Luton Town. They're in the Premier League now this year, and I think everyone who's seen their stadium is quite surprised that that team is in the Premier League. What is it like to play for them, and, and what's the experience like? Well, I think Luton's obviously a unique club. It's like you see bring up the stadium, got that old school feel it's, it's nice and tight and I think that, that's obviously a positive in the home form over especially when I was there and, and obviously to get promotion um, is is a big deal for him it's nice and tight it's daunting 10 every night so uh, yeah it's, it was a great club to play for and so just on that uh, Millwall Luton Town Fulham Portsmouth, now Adelaide United, how do you compare the teams? Is it uh, completely different? Is there levels between those sides or is it closer than maybe what we might think? I think, obviously, coming over here, you don't know what to expect, but I think the levels are definitely similar. There's, there's obviously some really good players in our squad and in the league as a whole. I think the the difference is probably the, the no relegation sort of a lot more teams where we freed them. The games are a bit more open, sort of end-to-end. -end. And uh, As you've seen with the goals that we've scored, if you take them chances that you get, then um, you're in some good results. And so just on that, the if Adelaide United was over in England, hard question, but where would they sit? Would it be a League One? Would it be a little bit below that, a League Two, uh, the National League? I've been watching a bit of Wrexham lately. No. Where, where would they sit? I, don't, I think it's League One minimum, obviously. That, that, that's the standard that I've... I've known over the past two years, but I have no doubt in my mind that they could compete in that league. Some of the players that we've got here, now, uh, I... Nesta and Johnny, the young boys. Yeah, we want to ask uh, you about... They light up that league. 
Sorry, mate. I want to ask you about a couple of those young players, but I do want to ask you about your experience and what happens when you sign to a club like Manchester United and then they loan you out to other clubs in lower divisions. Firstly, yeah. what is that process like and what effect does that have on you as a player and a person? Uh, I think, obviously, to, to play for Man United, you have to be a special player and, and there's so many, so many slots that can go around. So when you're young, I think... Uh, me personally, I wanted to play professional football, real football. So um, I, I, I welcome them loans. And I think it just grows you as a, as a person, as a man, as an 18-year-old, 19-year-old being around. Obviously, grown men that are playing for mortgages and, and stuff like that. It, you have to grow up really quick rather than just obviously kid football. So um, for me personally, it was a great experience. Did it, did it make you grow up quicker? Yeah, 100% because... Uh, obviously, coming from United and being young, uh, it's football is not the be all and end all at that moment in time. Obviously, you want to progress, but like I said, you've got people with wife and kids playing for mortgages and wins on a Saturday are, are massively important for, for that financial side as well. So, um, yeah, you have to grow up and, and be a man in a, in a football dressing room quite quickly. The the move to Australia, and obviously it was a big move, big decision with the family and to bring them over. Uh, you're going to love yeah. Adelaide. The longer you stay here, the more you fall in love with it. It's a beautiful place to live and also to play uh, football. But I, I just want to ask you about some of your teammates. You mentioned Nestory, but who who has impressed you the most out of that young group of talent at Adelaide United? I, th- I think obviously that... The standout one and the one that's got a big reputation at the minute is Nesta. Seeing him in the games that he's played in the past two games, he's, he's been unbelievable for us. But I think it's, I think there's there's a lot of talented youngsters. Obviously, we had six that played the other night, teenagers. So for them to be playing at this level so soon, I think it's credit to them. And, and I think they're all, they've all got really bright futures. They certainly do. Now, the two games that Adelaide United played this year, 3-0 against Central Coast Mariners and 6-0 against Melbourne City. You must have come over here and just thought, this is easy business over here. <laughs> yeah. The two results against the, the two grand finalists last year uh, sort of probably not expected from the outside world, but I think the pre-season the boys have had and especially since I've been here, we, we expect, especially at home, to, to not only be able to compete against teams, but to win them games. So, um yeah, I think we've got to keep our feet on the ground because it's obviously not all going to be plain sailing throughout the season, but uh, I don't think we could have wished for a better start. No, certainly couldn't have wished for a better start. And has it been built up much, the rivalry, Melbourne victory in Melbourne this Saturday night? Uh, have you spoken or has there been much talk around the club about the rivalry against Melbourne victory? Yeah, I think obviously joining a club, you have to do research and, and find out rivals because they're the games that are more important to the fans and the fan base and the club on a, on a whole. So, um, yeah, I did my research. I, I found out quite quickly that uh, we don't like victory and um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big game and one we're, we're looking forward to and obviously they're on good form as well. So, um, yeah, it should be a good game uh, Saturday night. Should be. And so your position yourself, you, you've obviously played for a lot of clubs. Uh, you play a lot in the midfield. Where's, where's your most co- comfortable position on the ground? I think obviously midfield. I've played all my career over there, and sort of a sort of an old school box to box. I don't like to just defend or be pigeonholed into an attacking midfield, defensive midfield. I like to defend, tackle, do all the nitty gritty side of the game, and and obviously get forward and try and help on the creative side. Um, 
uh, yeah, I just like being in the middle and, and trying to make stuff happen and, and try and stop them from scoring as well. You would have had some, I guess, perceptions about what Adelaide was going to be like when before you left England. Uh, you got yeah. here. Is there anything that surprised you or you've gone, oh, well, I didn't think it would be like that? Um, no, not really. The, the city's obviously not as hustle and bustle as London, as, I, as I've said before, but I've, I've enjoyed every second that I've been here. Uh, it's a nice place. And the, you've got the beaches. You've got, obviously, the, the city centre and... Yeah, it's just, it's just a great place to live at the moment. Yeah, we normally don't have... Like, the perception sometimes is that there's kangaroos running around everywhere, <laughs> and we normally don't in our major cities, but lately, the last couple of weeks, there have been some kangaroos <laughs> running around North Adelaide, so keep an eye out for one of those. Now, Ryan... Yeah, just... now you say that, sorry. The perception was, obviously, as well, when you come over being from England so far away, the, the deadly animals and the deadly creatures, but... <laughs> Luckily enough, I've not, I've not even seen a single spider since I've been here, and it's been six weeks, so hopefully that continues. Yeah, let's keep it that way. Now, I just want to get on to your coach. We, we've had him on Sports Day a fair bit over the past 12 months. Carl Vietz, how, how has he been uh, for your inclusion to the club? Uh, yeah, he's, he's been great. He's he made me feel welcome, obviously. He, he made me feel like he wanted me and wanted me to time for the club. And uh, Yeah, I think you can see the work that he's done obviously last season and, and the way we've started this season, the opportunity to give to the young lads, I think he's building a, a good culture at the club and it's a, it's a pleasure to work for him. Yeah, it certainly looks like that with all the players. Now, I just want to touch on and finish on, uh, you grew up in Manchester. How, how is that growing up in Manchester when you've got the likes of Man City and Manchester United? Uh, it must be like nothing else. Yeah, it was It was obviously good. So in my younger days, I'm a United fan personally and, and in the younger days, it was obviously the best team and winning everything. It's, not been as easy over the past few years with what's going on, so that's got a little harder. But thankfully, I'm I'm not in Manchester to make to where the noisy neighbours so, uh, brag a bit more. <laughs> so you still follow United quite closely then? I, I do, yeah. But like I said, it, it's getting tough. Obviously, the derby on the weekend and, and last night's result losing at home to Newcastle. It's um, getting hard. But I've grew up a United fan for 30 years now, so so uh, I'll never leave them. They'll never leave my heart. Now, there's a guy over in England at the moment in the Premier League. His name's Ange Postacoglu. You may have heard of him. He is a Aussie, and we're yeah. quite proud of him. He's, it's caused a bit of a stir back here in Australia. There's now another, I don't know, 100,000 Tottenham Spurs fans. fans. Yep. Um, was, was there much said about that in England before you came to Adelaide? Uh, no, obviously, he was, he, was, he was at Celtic, wasn't he, before, yes. previously, so I think... England and the Premier League obviously knew about him and obviously he's had a great career but I don't think anyone would have guessed the start that he's had how, how good he's been and how well he's got on playing so um, yeah I think probably a surprise to a few but obviously it's it's a big sample size now 10-11 games in so um, I think that's that's what Tottenham are at the minute now, I just want to ask you before we let you go Ryan it's great to have you on the show and uh, you, do you follow the cricket? <laughs> um, not not keenly, no. <laughs> That's all right. We'll do, <laughs> I'm just going to give you a little bit of a sledge about the about the ponds not going 100% well, but I'm sure they might actually knock us off on the weekend. Yeah, it's it's going to be a good game. But, um, look, great to have you here in Adelaide. I'm sure you're going to enjoy your time here and um, help uh, Adelaide United make the finals and maybe win the whole the whole thing. Yeah, that's the, that's the plan. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate your time. No problem. Thanks for having me.
Ryan Tunnicliffe there um, from Adelaide United. Yeah, interesting. Always great chatting with players that have had experience overseas uh, and played at some big clubs as well. Uh, some Luton Town is obviously now in the Premier League. We know that Fulham's been in it. Portsmouth have as well. Uh, so he's got a really nice resume and he's come in and similar sort of role but different player to Craig Goodwin but it's almost replaced Craig Goodwin because we, that was a massive loss for Adelaide United but yes. um, this Saturday night it is a mouth-watering matchup it's Adelaide United taking on Melbourne victory in Melbourne they are the only two undefeated teams Bonds both two wins from two games so a great start to the season for both sides yeah, it's going to be a great game and get behind Adelaide United. It'd be fantastic if they could get the points there. It would be massive. Because Melbourne Victory have struggled the last couple of seasons. Yep. They've been in the bottom of the A-League ladder. They've won their first two games. We've won our first two games. Um, and we can't probably go past this conversation without mentioning that goal from Irukunda on the yeah. weekend. How brilliant. Yeah, exactly. How brilliant. And the question is, how much longer are we going to have him for? That's... That's the question, but uh, it's... I I did hear Robbie Slater chatting the other night saying he hopes that he stays here for a little while and that he plays 50 or 60 A-League games and then... He's only 17. I know, I know. So he's got so much time. Look, I don't see that happening. No, I don't either, but... I look at him and and I think of uh, Matthew Leckie and he did that for a couple of seasons with Adelaide uh, and it was glad that he stayed for a little while before heading overseas. But um, yeah, we mentioned that Adelaide United and Melbourne Victory both undefeated at the moment. Down the other end of the table, Melbourne City... Central Coast, the two teams are playing the grand final, as Ryan mentioned, and Sydney FC are all zero wins, zero draws, two losses. Yep. Not what you'd expect to see, but it's great for the A-League. All right. Time for Lost in the Wash, men's. Uh, thanks to Toolkit Depot, tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear. Toolkit Depot, everything you need under the one roof. Tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear in store or online. Yes, it's time to get into the ODI World Cup. And uh, I'm not sure if you caught much of the game last night, Bond. South Africa taking on New Zealand. I watched most of it until I fell asleep. Yes. And uh, Quinton de Kock just keeps making runs. He does, doesn't he? He's, he's going to be the leading run scorer at the end of the tournament. He was was already the leading run scorer last night before the game and then he made 114 um, was stiff not to make the most runs from though Van der Dusen brilliant 133 he made yep. as South Africa went on their way to 4 for 357 it looked like a good batting pitch so New Zealand still looked every chance they, they made 380 against us chasing, didn't quite chase us down the other night but they came out, bowled out for 167. So disappointing for the Kiwis. Jansen took three for 31. Maharaj took four for 46. So, again, we, we mentioned it. India, the number one seed. It's clear now. South Africa, the number two seed. And it's probably Australia, the number three seed. Well, they've jumped up into the third spot with that loss uh, from the Kiwis because it was such a bad loss. It affected their net run rate. So they fell below the Aussies, which is, I guess, good news. Yeah. Although... Do you really want to play South Africa in the semis? Oh, I would prefer to play South Africa than India. Uh, yeah, I guess. And I think the other reason is they're still not 100% sure on the semifinals, the fixture and where they're going to be and whatnot. So I think if you get India in the first final, they'll put it on maybe Chennai or a nice spin-friendly pitch. So I'm not sure I want to play <laughs> India. Um, speaking no. of India, they play tonight. They're about to start against Sri Lanka. It's in Mumbai. Yes. A great stadium. I'd love to go to Mumbai. So would and, I. And I'd love to go to the city, but I'd also love to go watch either the Mumbai Indians play there in the IPL or, or the an Indian cricket team or Australian cricket team. But it's a good batting wicket. So I expect I expect tonight you'll see 100 out of either Shubman Gill or Rohit Sharma at the top. And if not, Vera will come in at three and make 100.
it's, one of the three. It's an amazing uh, team, and it's going to be a good game. They, they should just take care of Sri Lanka and beat them easily, shouldn't they? Sri Lanka have been disappointing. We yeah. mentioned how disappointed England have been, uh, and Bangladesh haven't really fired a shot. Well, Sri Lanka's probably next after that. Uh, India 6-0. and They will they will win again tonight and go to 7-0. and They look really good. Just before we talk about the Aussies and England on Saturday night, the, and we'll probably discuss this a bit more tomorrow as well, but... De Kock, he's made four centuries. The only player who's made five centuries in a World Cup is Rohit Sharma, and that was in uh, the 2019, I think, so the last World Cup. Um, he, it's, it's just an unbelievable effort. Four centuries in seven games. Yeah, it is, and it's his last World Cup too. So yeah. what a way to go out. He's every chance to be the player of the tournament. Uh, and you mentioned four centuries, but it's not just him and his centuries. South Africa's now made eight or nine centuries, I believe it is, across the World Cup, which is staggering numbers already at this stage of the tournament. We know that Van der Dusen's in some really good form. Henrik Klaassen's batting extremely well. And Aidan Markram's making runs too. So they have the most informed batting lineup in the comp at the moment. And I don't think de Kock's training either. Like yeah. he's, he's having the little net here and there, but he's not doing any of the other work. He's just... He's just going out there and smashing hundreds. Yeah, he, he is, and and he is in some subliminal form. I mean, he, he showed it when he plays for Mumbai in the IPL. So it's no surprise that that translates into the one-day competition, the one-day World Cup in India. But again, I just love the makeup of their side. We've mentioned those guys that are making runs, and then they've got David Miller who comes in when he needs to and can make 30 off 10 deliveries. Marco Janssen bowls well, but he also can make 30 off 10 deliveries. So I really like the class they have at the top. Temba Vavuma's just getting back into some form too, but also the the firepower they've got in the middle order. Right, let's uh, talk about one of the topics of the day, and that's uh, Glenn Maxwell not quite hanging on to the golf cart as well as he should have. No, it uh, is not great news for Australia, but we might have a listen here to Andrew McDonald on explaining that golf cart incident. As I said, it was going from the clubhouse slash pro shop um, back to the, the team bus. Um, the guys were ferried on, on carts. Glenn and a few other players um, jumped on the back of carts and unfortunately he lost his grip on the way back to the, the team bus and, and sustained that that injury. So, so And over the last couple of days he's been assessed and that's we've got all the information now so that's why we want to call you in mm. around it. It was too soon to go with it yesterday. He was still being assessed um, as is the nature with concussion injuries. They're, they're not clear cut. Um, but he's been honest in terms of the information he's provided. And as I said, unfortunately, that will rule him out of the England game. So Andrew McDonald, the coach of the Australian cricket team there, talking about Glenn Maxwell and being out of the England game. Look, if it's a concussion, and we talk about with AFL, it's 10 days potentially, it probably rules him out of the Afghanistan game as well. Because um, well, not necessarily. Different rules for different sports. No, it is. It, yeah. it is. It, it depends how they test it. But I, I, I'm just in terms of probability, um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he yeah. is given a couple of extra days. And they only play... They play England on Saturday and they play Afghanistan on Tuesday. Yes. So it's a really quick turnaround. Yes. I don't... Look, we're in a position where I think if we win one of the last three, we'll make the top four. Uh, and it is England, Afghanistan, and Bangladesh. So it's a nice run home for yes. us. But it's certainly not a headache, pardon the pun, for Glenn Maxwell, <laughs> that we <laughs> that needed. That horrible. <laughs> well, yeah, it's... Um, we do feel for Maxi, And initially, when you heard the news, he fell off a golf cart. Well, there was, you know, obviously mucking around and late at night and... And it wasn't that at all. It was just, it was dark. They'd played 36 holes of golf, didn't quite get through all of them. And um, he's a keen golfer. Maxi plays off a, off a he's good. single figure. Yep. Um, but 
Yeah, so look, all the best to Maxi and hopefully quick recovery. Yeah, hopefully. And the other news is Mitch Marsh is yes. headed back to Australia as well. He's left the team uh, for personal reasons. So he's headed back to Australia, which means he will no, play no longer uh, in the team or in this World Cup, I guess, so for Australia, which means that, yeah, we're going to have to make a couple of changes. They will. Uh, and so let's have a look at that, Bonds. If we go through with Marsh out of that team and Maxwell at least for the next game, potentially two, what does Australia's best 11 look like? Well, Smith moves up to three, Marnus up to four. That's yep. not It doesn't unsettle the batting lineup that much. Yes. But who are you going to bring into the middle order? For mine, Stoinis comes in for Maxwell. Yep, agree. Um, and this is a bit left field and probably not many people think of this. I'd, like, I'd love to see Alex Carey come back into the side, take the gloves, and um, Inglis can bat. And elevate Inglis up potentially, yeah. yeah. To, six, to six, carry at seven. Yeah, I don't mind that call at all. I'd, I'd actually put Inglis up to five and have Stoinis below him because you yes, can bring Stoinis definitely. in for firepower. But definitely. Yeah, I don't mind that call. I, I probably would go with Green just because he can hit, hit it as well. But also, if you need someone else to bowl, it's another option. But they could go either way. I think that what it would mean is Warner and Head at one and two. You've got Steve Smith at three. Uh, Marnus at four. That means Inglis goes to five, Stoinis at six, and then it's whether you bring in Carey or Cam Green at seven. We know Cummins, Stark, Zampa, and Hazelwood. Maxwell, when he comes back in, I think that's obvious. Yeah. It's Green or Carey out. And they'll use Travis Head to bowl. Um, I, th- I think Cam Green will be the one that comes in. But, uh, yeah, it will be interesting. Um, Sammy's just sending us a message here as well. About Mitch Marsh uh, potentially coming back. Um so Marcus Stoinis said he sent a message last night saying I'll be home for a little bit, then I'm coming back to win this World Cup. So it speaks to the mindset of Mitch Marsh. So hopefully everything is all okay and he can get through this little period and uh, we're in a really strong position where we've got some great competition uh, for selection and he can put his hand up if he comes back. With those couple of players out, unsettles the Aussies a little bit. Uh, is, does that open the door a, little, a fraction for England on Saturday night? Uh, I don't know if it opens the door, but I feel like with England, and they showed it against India, because they can't make the top four. They've got nothing to play for. It's Exactly right. So it's dangerous. And because they can just come out and swing and... and and it's like a team in NBA that's not going to make playoffs. They're, they're just going to shoot. And if they make them, then they beat you and they shouldn't. So England, we've got to be very wary of them because they could easily beat us. They showed against India that they should have beaten India. They just came out and they batted really poorly. Credit to India. They are a very good side. But, yeah, it is a very dangerous game for Australia on Saturday night against England. Um, but I think our best will clearly beat England. I don't know if you've heard this, and we've only got a minute or so to go, but I want to play you this from Marnus. Labashain. He was asked about baseball being included in the Collins Dictionary. What do you make of um, baseball getting included in the, in the dictionary? I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> no, I didn't. What, what was it? What happened? Uh, they, like Collins Dictionary added baseball into there. So when you go to the dictionary, you'll see baseball in there. Is that surprising. Oh, man, that is that is garbage. <laughs> I don't know what that is, honestly. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> That's garbage. garbage. The baseball's in the dictionary. Good to see no love lost there between the Aussies and the England <laughs> cricket teams. But, uh, yeah, no, they're not going well, and baseball certainly doesn't work in the one-day format. Format In the test, it's been nice, but it just hasn't translated. I know that they sort of jumped on the back of 
the back of that term when the media came out and called it basketball and everyone sort of jumped around and, and yeah, but it's sort of gone a bit sideways for them now. No, it has. And and they haven't picked the right team. We we mentioned uh, yes. a couple of weeks ago and when I spoke with Wills about this that we, Australia, potentially had the had picked the wrong team with Travis Head not over there. We only had the one spinner and Zampa was, they were they were targeting Zampa. Hmm. But he's bowled well since Travis has come in, whereas England, they've just got to do a Rashid. It's really not worked for them. I agree. Hey, men's it's been a, a packed show again. We had uh, Ryan Tunnicley from Adelaide United. Um, there's lots of chat about the AFL reserves as well and uh, the cricket continues on and um, we'll do it all again tomorrow, hey? We will do it all again tomorrow and we'll see India far too good for Sri Lanka tonight. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they just get the job done. They'll go maybe go through undefeated into the, into the semis. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow here on Sports Day SA. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.